Hey, we'll watch it again if you want to. Good morning. Glad you're here today as we kick off summer. Last weekend was really uh, the gateway to summer, and now we begin the first Sunday in June. Can y'all believe that? June the 2nd, 2019. Uh, we had all these graduations and stuff, and now there's a, a new season of life and heat and humidity in Montgomery. Uh, what I want to start with this morning is it's a new series called Love Is. Love is different things. And today, I want to say love is more than a feeling. Uh, we know about the love of God. We learn about it when we were little kids, and we certainly want to receive the love of the Father. But I, I like this thing I read about some children. They surveyed them one day, and they asked them uh, about you know, their idea of love and what it meant. So they were ages four to eight. Listen to a couple of these responses. They were asked this, what is love? Love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on shaving cologne and they go out and they smell each other. <laughs> Little Carl, he's age five. I, I kind of like that. Okay, here's another one. Love is when you go out to eat and you give somebody most of your French fries without making them give you any of theirs. That is called sacrificial love. I just go ahead and tell you. Chrissy, she was six. Here's the one. When my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands get arthritis too. That's love. Isn't that sweet? I still remember when uh, Rachel was really a young girl, and I was trying to say, God, how, how can I show her how much I love her? And blah, blah. And she goes, Dad, Dad, I love you so much. I said, I love you so much, Rachel. She goes, Dad, I want to paint your toenails. And I said, okay. And then her mom came home and said, what have you done? I said, my daughter is loving me. Okay, so anyway, that was, that was kind of that was a moment for me. Here we go. During my piano recital, I was on stage. I was scared. I looked at all the people watching me and saw that my daddy was waving and smiling. He was the only one in the crowd that waved. I wasn't scared anymore. That's love. Here he goes. I love this little girl. She's four years old. Love is when your puppy licks your face even after you left him alone all day. You know, that's what I love about pets is that it doesn't matter how good or whatever you are with them, they just cannot wait to see you at the end of the day. I mean, it's just a cool thing. And here we go. I know my older sister loves me because she gives me all her old clothes, and then she has to go out and buy new ones. <laughs> I would say they kind of kind her. You know, matter of fact, it made me think of a story when I was growing up. My brother, you, you know the Tom Sawyer deal? I remember my brother one time says, hey, hey, come here, man. He had this cool Mustang. Mustangs were really cool back in the late 60s, early 70s, and we, we had a few at our house. I mean, like, everybody had a Mustang, but, you know, me, I wasn't old enough to drive. So my brother goes, hey, let's come out here. It's on a Saturday. He goes, hey, why don't you wash the car with me? And I'm, like, five years younger. Like, yeah, that sounds like a good thing. And then he, like, went in the house and watched the Major League Baseball game. I mean, I'm thinking, wait a minute, dude. And after about a time or two of that, I said, hey, I ain't your boy. Yeah, here you go. So here we go. I mean, last one. Uh, when you love somebody, your eyelashes go up and down, and little stars come out of yours. Ah, oh, isn't that sweet? I like what Darl, Dr. Carl Menninger, I remember uh, taking a psychology course as a freshman at the university, and he says this, love is the medicine for the sickness of the world. And it really is. What our world needs now is what? Some love. What America needs right now is some love. What our capital in America needs right now is some love. What Christ's community needs this morning is some love. What the community of Central Alabama needs is some serious love. 
I mean, I don't care how far you go, or where you've been, or where you're going, or where you think you're going to go. We just need love. That's what I love about little kids. They just seem to have this incessant ability, desire, that they just love one another. I love the way kids, most of the time, play together well. And they enjoy the company of one another. And then sometimes I know there's exceptions. But, uh, but love cures. It cures those who give it, and it cures those who receive it. God has created you and me with that ability, with that desire to receive his love, but also to not just receive his love and love from others, but then to express it and to love others. So this morning, I'll probably say it many times, but I think you'll leave here and you'll know, love is much more than a feeling. Love is sacrificial. Love is commitment. Love is of Abba, Father. Love is Jesus put it this way one day. They will know you are my disciples by the way you hate one another. Now what he said. He said, by the way you love one another. That's how they'll know. They'll know because of the proclamation of the words of this book, the words of Jesus. That's how they'll know you're a witness. But they'll really, really know because you could just give it lip service. But when you love somebody, then they'll know that I love you. Love. Um, I left it back there in my bag, but I meant to bring it out. And, and on September the 18th, write it down. I, I, I proposed it a few weeks ago. I'll wait till later summer, but the day it fits in this series, so I want to tell you, write down the book Love Does by Bob Goff. On September the 18th, it's a Wednesday night, we're going to take our entire church that will come and churches across the community. Frazier is hosting this event called Love Does with Bob Goff. It's very expensive to get him here. It's like $10 a head, but they're like dumping lots of money but let me tell you this guy has an infectious love for jesus and his love i mean you, you just ought to read the book this summer if you're looking for a good book this summer love does it'll just kind of inoculate you with the love of the father so we'll talk about that as we get a little closer here's the big idea look right there you, you got your worship guy when you came in hold them up and show me that you actually got them now do me a favor take them with you and write on them i know some of you are like oh i'm much cerebral to do that and even today i only did two fill in the blanks because you've been hurting my feelings but i got a lot of material so some of you will come out of here and you'll just have pastor could you like give extra paper because i can't get it all in there that's cool and some of you are like i like it two blanks i can remember all right the big idea look at it read the big idea with me would you do that sitting in your seat i'm not going to make you stand up could you read it with me loudly love is doing what's best for others no matter what it costs you love does so do something exclamation point that's a pretty simple message but it's very gospel jesus did something he gave his life for you and me god the father did something he sent the son for god so loved the world that he what he gave his only begotten son. He, he sent his son to redeem humanity, to redeem our souls. I love that. So love does. Love is the ultimate superpower. You know, my, my, my grandsons, especially the oldest one, McLean, he's all into superpowers, and he's got superpower and all this, and he runs around the house. And, you know, I didn't have little boys. I raised two girls and then a granddaughter, and now two grandsons, and I've just learned. I just want to repent of what I thought about you and your kids with your boys. I just thought you were out of control. I had no idea. No, I really didn't. But, but now I realize everything is a missile, a torpedo, or a ball. They just throw it. I, I love it. But they think they have superpowers. 
And let me tell you, in this room today, we have superpowers. The supernatural love of Jesus Christ. And the church said, it's a superpower. That power, that force has the ability to wreck and change and transform nations and communities and homes and marriages and relationships. The ultimate superpower. I love what I read about Bob Moffat. He said that uh, he loved to work in his yard. Now, so I can identify with that. So one day, he thought the Lord impressed on him to go and clean his neighbor's yard, which was a mess. It was just a wreck. It was kind of a menace to the neighborhood. And uh, so he, he went over and started talking to his neighbor, and his neighbor says, I want you to know, I don't even like Christians. <laughs> like, oh, oh, that's awesome. So Bob cleaned his neighbor's yard, and the guy kept saying, I know, you're one of those church people. I don't even like them. Now, I don't know about you. What would you do? And I said, well, fine, I didn't really like you, and I'm going home. The story says Bob cleaned his neighbor's yard for two solid years. And I go, man, incredible love. And he kept taking care of it, kept taking care of it. And one day the neighbor came and asked Bob, Bob, would you tell me about your Jesus? Because he would kind of won the right to be heard. And what I didn't tell you was this young man was a severe alcoholic had some severe problems, had a very damaged family. And that day he opened his heart to the Lord. He received Christ. And several years later, Bob had in, and his wife invited him into their home. And he says, because you cleaned my yard for two years, I witnessed the love of Christ. I came to Christ to trust him, to know him. And I want you to know that today, I'm not just a Christian. I'm an elder at my local church. And I want to give my life away the way you gave your life away and affected me. And I thought, God, you probably got dozens of those stories that you want to write in this room this morning, in this summer called 2019, where somehow we indelibly make a mark on our neighbors, on our colleagues, on other people. And they're waiting and they need that witness because here's what I'll say over and over, love does love does something love is an action matter of fact fill it in love is more than a feeling love is a verb love is a verb it's active it's activated by action by expressions we we begin to do things we 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 feel it we we see a need we we go to to meet that need and this verb thing it's it's like in scripture god commands us to action he expects us, no less, to be active in our faith, to not just be mere talkers or mere hearers. But James says, be doers. The word love does. Christ does. Christ does something in and through me and you. God wants us to take our spiritual gifts, and he wants us to employ them and to utilize them. I know this morning, early as I was studying, I got through and had some special prayer time. And then the Lord had me, and I don't do this on Sunday mornings. I pray for a number of pastors, and I pray for our service, and all these things. I have these rituals I run through, and then I come and connect with people at the church. But this morning, the Lord impressed on my heart to encourage, not just to pray for, and I pray every Sunday, Don, I tell you, for pastors. But this morning, I began to send some texts of messages of, of exhortation to about four or five pastors this morning. It just felt like I, I needed to do that. I don't know what they were going through. And I don't know if, if I, you know, one's already responded. I don't know if the rest of them are going to go like, 
I don't know, I guess you were bored today. Uh, or, you know, maybe they needed, how many of you sometimes need encouragement and then you get an encouragement text? Hello? What does it do for you? You welcome it. I know I would say, how many of you, like, get a note in the mail? Mail, what, what's mail? Nobody, nobody writes notes anymore. I used to write, as a youth pastor, I used to write, I had this a really large student ministry, Don and I did, but I would write 25 notes every single week on top of everything I was doing because I found out it was the only mail that kids ever got. And when I would speak across the country, I would send them postcards from places I was. And, and I, I'd go in their homes and I'd see postcards on their refrigerators. I didn't realize what a market made. And when we started Christ Community, I did that for a long season. And then over time, now I just send lots of texts because I realized that every once in a while, and then people are like, man, yeah, when you send me a note, I can't even read it. I try to slow down. I don't write very well. My penmanship, I write a lot, but I, it's not very good, okay? My daughter that teaches second grade would probably flunk me, you know what I'm saying? And handwriting ability. So people are like, oh, I like it when you send text because I can read it. The only thing I don't like about text is that, I almost said the S word, that dumb thing called autocorrect. And words, and I forgot to check it, and, and, and I, yeah, okay, we'll just go there. We'll let you get your own imagination. This you know what the greatest commandment is? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Second was love your neighbor as yourself. Look, look right here. I, I put it right here today to make it real simple. I want you to bring your Bibles because I'm going to give you verses that are on, on here. That's on purpose. Remember, intentional. I want you to bring your Bibles. But look at the ones I did put on here. Luke 6, 27 and 28. But to you who are listening, and I say, love your enemies. Oh, my goodness, that's a tough one. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray, those, pray for those who mistreat you. Then he goes on in verse 35, but love your enemies. And then, look, I want you to underline it, circle it. Do good to them. Huh? Wait a minute. Okay, now, I got to love my enemies, and I got to pray for them, and, that, and, and that's hard. Now he commands me to be active, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. I would submit that's probably not done unless it's a supernatural connection to the Father. That the Holy Spirit is somehow stirring in your heart and mind and He's calling us to do something beyond ourselves. We're asking, you know, we're saying, well, I just want love to be a feeling. I just want it to be fuzzy and warm. And God's like, no, it's much more than that. The agape love of, of me is something that participates, something that gives, something that goes forward. Uh, Lord, uh, you, you do something with it. You know, that you, you uh, respond uh, to what they have here, okay? Listen, listen to this. I, I read this illustration. I loved it by Dr. George Crane. He tells the story of a wife who came into his office for counseling, and she was at a very hard place in her marriage, and she had tremendous hatred toward her husband. In other words, she did not like him at all. She goes, I want to get rid of him, Dr. Crane, but I want to tell you something else. I don't want to just get rid of him. I want to punish him. I want to get even. I want to divorce him and hurt him as much as he's hurt me. Dr. Crane sat there and he listened and he came up with an ingenious plan. He said, really, that, that's what you want to do? Oh, oh, did I do. He says, well, I, I want to prescribe something to you. I want you to go home. And I want you to act as if you really, really, really loved your husband like you did when y'all first began. And then I want you to tell him how much he means to you and how much you adore him. And I want you to praise him for every decent trait that you can find. And they might be hard to find, but find them. And then go out of your way to be kind and considerate and compassionate to him. And 
Act like you enjoy Him and make Him believe that you do love Him. And then just try to convince Him day after day that you have an undying love for Him. And then, and then when He thinks, oh wow, this thing has changed, then tell Him. And now, I want to get a divorce. That will really hurt Him. And with revenge in her eyes, she exclaimed, oh, that's beautiful, that's beautiful, that's what I'll do. I can get back at Him like He's hurt me. I want to do that, Dr. Crane, I will go back. Three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks went by. Dr. Crane didn't hear from this woman. He, uh, he called her. He says, uh, you, you, you haven't come back to my office. What, what's happening? I'm, I'm ready for the plan to unfold. Here's what she said with enthusiasm. You will be so surprised, Dr. Crane. Listen, for two months I have showed him love and kindness. Divorce. Divorce? I don't want divorce. I have decided now I really do love him and I want to make it work. And I know you're going, oh man, that was a patient woman. That was a forgiving woman. That's a Jesus woman. And all I'm going to say to us today is I, I will try to illustrate it with stories. We'll try to look at the scripture. I just pray that somewhere deep in the resolve of my heart or your heart that we'll say, God, is there somebody? Because honestly, we're in church. But all of us can probably find somebody that is not on our most loved list today. And the church said, and I hope I'm not on there. But you've got some people you don't like. You say, oh, I love them because God said I must love them, but I really don't like them. Okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> don't, don't, don't participate too loud. All right. But we, we want to love. But God commands action, not just emotion emotions are good emotion like when we say i am in love with somebody you know usually it, there's a lot of feelings uh, attached to that and that's important but emotions can kind of ebb and flow and come and go but love is much more than a feeling it's a commitment love is something we do matter of fact i, I want you to turn over to the 13th chapter of romans we, we looked at this passage over in Luke, but I want you to look at this. I've been, I've been chewing on this the last few days. And in the 13th chapter of Romans, starting in the 8th verse, going through verse 10, it's amazing. Look right here. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law, the commandments. You shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbors as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And I've been just chewing on that over and over. Love, love. I've got a debt. And I can't pay it. And Christ has already paid that debt that I owed by dying and sacrificing his life for me. And God has called me to forgive and to love others and to express his love as he calls you to express that love. So, Lord, I, 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 I'm in debt here. The scripture says we, we, are, we do have a debt, and it's a debt of love. We have an obligation, one translation says. We have an obligation to love others. We have an obligation to love our enemies. I mean, you're saying, well, how does this happen? How can I get that kind of love in my heart? Because it is the radical force, the radical love, the liberating love of the Savior that dwells in you and I by faith in Christ. The Holy Spirit comes to reside, to dwell. But He comes much more to fill, to, and 
to overwhelm, to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The very first distinctive of the love, uh, or the distinctive of the Holy Spirit is what? Love. Starts with love. All through the Word of God, it's about the love of the Father, the love that we have for one another. So, Lord, my first obligation is always to love others. Always. But, but God, God, uh, uh, I'll love most of them. That's not what the Scripture says. It says love all. Love covers a multitude of sins. I'm glad the love of the Father covers you and me. So here it is. I'm convinced that Christians don't know how much they owe. But we have a love deficit. We have a love obligation. And that love, when we, when we pass it on, when we, when we share it, communities are richer. Homes are just better. Relationships just do so much. When we're kind, when we're gracious. In a couple weeks, I'll really dig through 1 Corinthians. Today, I'll just start with a little bit of it. But I just want us to get this idea in our head. And the NIV, it captures this. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another when it says continuing there's a continuation it doesn't stop but it continues to go on and on and on in other words i don't go i have loved you and i'll let you know when i stop it means i I just keep loving and when i don't have any love then i ask god to fill me with his love and that's better than any the mine anyway and that love satisfied that love is demanded by god lord you're saying well Can I ever get this obligation paid? Can I ever get it settled? No. As long as we draw breath, the Scripture says we have an obligation to what? To love. To forgive. To give grace. Here's one. Have you ever owed anybody money? Don't look at anybody in the room if you do, but just just look at me, okay? Have you ever owed anybody money? You're like, yeah, I, I got some of those, okay. What was the first thing that came to your mind when you saw them? The money that you owed them. Because it's plaguing you. Because, I mean, I I have an obligation. I owe them. I told them I'd pay them back. That was three years ago. So I hadn't paid them back or whatever, you know. But there's there's an inner, I got to make it right. Well, God says we have an obligation. We have an O column. And we owe our love to him, to God, for what he's done for us in Christ. We owe our love to others because that's the way God set his world up. God, I want want to love. I want to pass this on. But you're saying, okay, you're building a pretty good case for this biblically, but how about this one guy? How how about, let's just call him Fred, because we don't have a Fred in our church. At least if we did, we probably won't have to today. And you don't go, oh, here comes Fred. Oh, man, that's Fred. He's the old grouch, man. I, I, I can't stand. I just, want to, I just want to get away from Fred. Oh, right, right, right. That's the one God wants us to love. And right now, this morning, don't write it on your worship guide because somebody might look. But there is somebody right now. His name's not Fred. It's somebody else, a woman or a man. You're saying, oh, I got several. Well, don't write them. You, you got issues, okay? You need to love them. And when you see them, and when I see them, I need to go, God, I don't know how. I'm calling on your power. I'm calling on your love. I want to trust in your resources here. Because I want to be a blessing, Lord. I I want to reflect the love of the Father. And we can do that through Jesus Christ. Leviticus 19.18, Romans 13.9. The Scripture says, love your neighbor as yourself. 
Because for the most part, we probably love ourselves. Like, yeah, yeah, I got no problem loving myself. And so then the Good Samaritan, he asked that question. Well, then who is my neighbor? Who? Who is my neighbor? And, and the parable leaves without doubt. My neighbor is the one that is near me. You're like, but I don't like them. They are not like me. That is my neighbor. Who's your neighbor? It's the one that God calls you and I into proximity with. We do life with. We have relationship with. We connect at some point. That is the person I am to love. My neighbor. For us, when we go on missions, we, we're a mission-minded church. We love to do missions in Montgomery and all throughout the world, carrying the gospel, fulfilling the Great Commission for Jesus' sake. And it's always amazing how much we can get revved up and hyped up about the love of Christ to share it with people in a faraway land that we've never seen. We don't really know anything about their character, but we love them because we're commanded to, and the love of Christ is flowing. It's awesome. But then we come back home and we know people. And we go, I don't know you anything. I'm, I'm not going to love you. I'm going to keep that love for me. I'm going to keep that love for somebody I like. And I think this morning, just as I'm starting this new series for the summer, I mean, I've done the minor prophets, the major prophets. I, I teach the entire Word of God here year after year after year. I just thought, man, this would be a great way to kick off the summer that we need to have an infusion of love in our soul. And the church said, everybody can walk here today and go, man, you know what, Pastor? Man, that was an applicable message today. I can use it. I, no, here's what somebody else say, Pastor. That was the best message you've ever preached. I wish my husband had come. Or I wish my wife had come. I wish my kid had come. I wish my boss had come. Well, they're not here. You are. <laughs> Maybe it's for you. I know it's for me as I've been pouring over these scriptures and looking, finding God, the difficult people. Let's not even talk about Thanksgiving and Christmas and holidays when you get to spend time with that crazy uncle or that weird relative that is just odd. And they think you're the odd one, but you think they're the odd one. And you're spending time together, and you're like, oh, this is the time to use this lesson. Lord, I want to, here, listen to Hebrews 6.10. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people. Because he'll do what? He will continue to help them. So how do you and I show the love of God? Real quick, just write it down. How do you and I show the love of God? I help people. I help others. And by helping I reflect Jesus. I reflect his life. I reflect his mission. In 1 John uh, chapter 3, verses 17 to 18, listen to this. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but listen, here, here's the cool part, but let us love in actions and in truth. Let's say that together. Let us love in and in let us love in one more time you got it if you get it we can go home oh i got it pastor oh, man, hallelujah actions and truth you know what you're talking about actions and truth and something no okay all right you just no that i'm just kidding we're not leaving it's too early okay although my clock we got this weird thing going on with the back clock i look at and it says 07, 1055, but I guess the 1050, I don't know what the 07 is. I, I just thought it meant it's not changing. I'm just supposed to stay here. 
you're saying, please don't do that. Here it is. You want to love? Look at the cross. Look right there. You want to love, you look at that instrument of torture, of surrender, that instrument of love, that instrument of passion. It's a sign, it's a symbol of our faith, of how Christ, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's what love is. We, we look to Him. 1 John 4, 9-11. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us. He sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God has so loved us, we also ought to love one another. There's a great Bible study you can do sometimes about the one another's. The, the scriptures are full of them. It's, it's a fascinating uh, topical word study, one another's, the one another's of Jesus. And in this today, I'm just trying to say, that's what God's called you and me to do, to just love one another. You're saying, man, this is one of the most rudimental, simplistic, foundational messages you've ever given. It is. But it also, this series, this message is one that if we embraced if we participated if we practiced this message of love this room could not contain the people that would come because of the love they would be receiving from us and you said and the church said that's true because i don't think we love enough i I don't love enough god's always i i just had some new neighbors moving the other day i've met one of them waiting for the other one i've got my third set of australian aussies living next door to me Right now, I'm 0 for 2. I've developed relationships. We've connected. It's been kind of cool. i got a new family here. I'm praying this will be the one that I will get them to worship with us at Christ Community Church. Because I just love to hear them talk. I mean, I'm out there working in the yard, and I just go in and I start talking to them like, bro, I don't say bro because I'd freak him out. Could you just read the phone book? I mean, this is like, then he said, what's a phone book? No, I, I, just love to, I just love to hear him talk. It's just, it, you know, but, you know, I think they like to hear me talk, too, because then he'll start asking me questions, and he's like, I can't even speak English, man. This is amazing, you know. And all the ones that move next door to me, you, you know what they do? They're, they've all been at Air University, and now the third one's going to Air University. They all, but I, I can't ever get them here. You know why? They travel every weekend. They're like, man, I love America. And, and, and they're traveling, 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 and I'm just seeing this great country. I'm like, Man, could you just stay home one weekend and worship with me? You know? Because I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe shout to the Lord today. Maybe, yeah, that'd be cool. Anyway, all right. So let me tell you this story. There was a guy that I'd heard at some National Youth Worker Conventions back when I did youth ministry. And he wrote the Ragamuffin Gospel in several books. He's a very prolific writer, speaker. He came up Catholic, was a priest, and uh, just uh, became an alcoholic, really incredible story of life, but just had, ended up with this incredible, I guess he's still living this passion for Jesus. And I read a story this week that I never read about, and his name's Brennan Manning. Anybody ever heard of Brendan Manning? If you read, he's, he's a really good writer, and he has uh, very passionate stories. But this story I'd never heard, and it's, uh, it's how he got the name Brennan. I, I didn't know, like, well, I, I, I got, you know, if you ask you, how'd you get the name Keith? Uh, my mom and dad gave it to me, you know, okay, all right, but listen to this, while growing up, Brendan had a best friend, and his best friend's name was Ray, 
and the two of them did everything together. Maybe you can track with this. Maybe you had somebody like that. And they just, like, they, uh, they were best friends. They played ball together. They bought a car together one time. Now, that, that's a good friend to buy a car with your, uh, uh, with your friend. They double dated together. They went to high school. They went to the prom together. They enlisted in the army together. I mean, they just, like, they were inseparable. They just, everything, everything. So one night, they're in the war, and they're sitting in a foxhole, and Brendan's friend is Ray, and Ray is like eating a chocolate bar or whatever, you know, and, 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 and all of a sudden, this live grenade came, comes flying into the foxhole of Brendan Manning. And about that time, Ray throws down his chocolate bar, and he dives over his friend, Brendan, and he covers him up. And the grenade explodes, it kills him, and Brendan Manning's life is spared. So, Later on, I mean, he was really touched by this, and uh, he was, uh, he was, uh, uh, needed to get a name whenever he came into the priesthood. But before that, he went to visit Ray's uh, mother one time in Brooklyn and said, you know, he says, I just want to know, do you, do you think Ray loved me? I know we were best friends. And she said, son, what, what, what are you talking about? Did, did Ray love you? Really? Can you ask me that? What more could my son have done for you? He gave his life for you. And I thought, man, that is a beautiful picture of the gospel. What more could God's son have done for you and for me? And he bled. He gave his life for us. When Brendan was, uh, they, they ask him when they, they receive him in to be a priest, they like, what saint would you be named after? He said, well, I'd, I'd like to be after, and his name was Brennan. He goes, uh, I'd like to be Brennan. And that's how he took on the name Brennan Manning, because he, he wanted to reflect, he wanted to emulate his friend that had been his best friend through his whole life and had t- given his life for him. Just amazing love. I mean, love does stuff like that. I mean, these are extreme stories, but I'm just thinking, well, it's just a little simple act of love that today or tomorrow or this week you and I can practice that could literally create ripples for the kingdom of jesus christ you know that's uh that's a series maybe coming up one day ripples <laughs> I, you, 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 ever, you ever thrown a you ever thrown a pebble you ever thrown a rock in the in the water in the lake what does it do not your skips does it <laughs> or you throw them better than i do mine sink <laughs> but then i really now that sometimes they skip but then you, you see how the water just kind of cascades out you know, that's what God wants to do in this room. He wants our love to ripple out. He wants us to touch others. Love is a verb. Love does something. Love is the substance of Almighty God. Love is eternal. You know, God, we need to be filled with your love for people we don't like. The Scripture says we need to love our enemies. No, the Scripture says I need to love them, I need to pray for them, but I need to do good. I need to do good to those I don't particularly like. That brings honor to Jesus. So God, help us to begin to take this message in and see. Now, I want you to turn over to another section here with me. Turn over to 1 Corinthians real quick. And we'll get into this in depth in in a few weeks. But uh, if if you'll turn there to 1 Corinthians, guess what chapter? It's, It's real famous. What chapter do you think? It's a love chapter. 13. Everybody thinks it was written for poems, sappy poems, and wedding days. It was written for so much more. 
Now, honestly, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I read 1 Corinthians 13, probably 90% of the, all the weddings I've done. I, I love the passage about what love is, and in a couple of weeks we'll break that down. But just to start, just with the very first, I'm only going to do through uh, verse 3 here. Ready? You can look, follow along on the screen. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries, in all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. We can do all these great acts and feats, maybe a faith, but I have not love. I'm not a, I'm nothing. I haven't fulfilled my God. I haven't honored Him. I haven't here's what i'd say love is very humbling love is very demanding love is commanded as a follower of jesus to love god place burn that kind of love in our hearts this morning because lord we just use the word love so flippantly i, I do we, we all do here it is i love chocolate chip cookies I do. I mean, one thing about losing all this weight, I don't get to eat chocolate chip cookies like I used to. I just used to, I won't tell you how many I ate. And I, it's not funny. I just liked them. They just, they made me feel good. The sugar gave me a rush. And, and, and I, I remember when I used to go by Hardee's every day when the girls were young and I got three on the way back. I knew the, the thing and they were hot. Oh, glory to God. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I, you, you go to these parties and they have these big cookies for people. Oh, oh, I just go, oh, I want to stick my head in and eat it. Would you like another one? No, I like the whole thing. You know, I, I, you know so I've really transformed how I eat. I, so, so I've done good. But I go over to Costco day sometimes. And they have samples. And I'm just going to tell you, I want to be real. Pastor, sometimes I, I take the long way around. I walk over to the bakery section just to see if they might have cookies. And they usually don't. I don't need them. But, I mean, they ain't going to give you that much anyway. I, but pastor's been on the circle. You know? No, 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 no. I, 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 that was too much confession. No, I don't do that. Okay. Here you go. But I love chocolate chip cookies. You go, oh, but pastor, I love ice cream. Oh, pastor, I love baseball. I love playing baseball, but I don't love watching baseball. I mean, like right now, if you said, pastor, I'm going to give you season's tickets to the Montgomery Biscuits. We're going to go down every night for the glory of Jesus and sweat. I go, we are not. It just doesn't appeal to me, even though I love baseball. We used, we've had two pro baseball players in this church. One had a profound impact. His name was John Madaloni. Everybody remember John Madaloni? John was an amazing guy. And it, this is true. Every, and, I, and I used to go to more games when we had, because I had a little skin in the game. I knew him. Every time I went to see John play, he hit a home run. He goes, why don't you come to every game? Like, I don't know, man. I don't like you that much, you know? But, you know, so I love ice cream. I love cookies. I love whatever. But I tell you what I love really like. I love the beach. Anybody love the beach? So you, either you're a beach person or you don't like the beach. I understand. Oh, oh, oh you saying, oh, it's gritty. Yeah, it's going to be gritty. Oh, you get it all over you. Get over it, okay? Oh, but pastor, I love the lake. I love the mountains. Oh, pastor, I love air conditioning. Me too, okay. 
But, but we use this word, we love, love, love. So, so kids are growing up in our homes, and they hear us talking about we love something, and they're confused, like, man, you just love everything. So really what we do is we do enjoy it, we do embrace it, but we really, we really severely like it. it, it it's hard to kind of get that concept. We, we just kind of get confused in it. But in the Greek, the word love, and I've told you this many times, the Greek language is a precise language has great tenses, and it just, it's, it's very exact. It's a very tough language, but, it, but it, uh, it, ge- it gives insight. It's why it's fun to look at Greek New Testaments and look at Greek books and, 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 and to pull out the meaning of words and extrapolate them and look at them and those kinds of things. So then I thought this morning, as, as I try to land this, I, I, I thought I would, I, you know what, I'm glad I only did one other blank because I just remembered what it was. Let's fill it in. Those of us who are followers of Jesus know that he gave his followers two great commandments. Fill that in. That's your second blank, Kathy, and all of you that care, okay? Two great commandments. Now, let me, let me give you the, 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 the meaning of the Greek words. I, I didn't put them in here. I'm sorry, I probably should have, but probably kind of a refresher course for most of us. The first one, there'd be four types of love that the Greek would really talk about specifically. The fir- first one would be storge. It has to do with affection, with deep affection, how we appreciate. And uh, so I would go, I store gay chocolate chip cookies. You know, I appreciate them. I, I value them. Uh, but, but then store gay gets deeper. I value, I appreciate. Oh, let me tell you, th- this is the best illustration I know. I, I, I remember this personally, and, and every parent has experienced this. And it's not quite lunchtime, so you'll be able to get over my story after I tell you. You, you, you finally get to sleep after an incessant crying or whatever all night, and everybody's well, and it is well with your soul when you're sleeping. To only wake up and be startled by a little body standing at the foot of your bed, named your son or daughter. And when you open your eyes, you look in their face, and there is matter that covers their entire body. And they go, Mommy, Daddy, Come. And you go to their room, and their bed is consumed with these matters too. Storge jumps into action. And Don and I have done this. One of you gets to clean it up, and the other one gets to the washing machine and the sheets, and you get everything, and you get it all cleaned up, and you go back to bed, and you go, oh, man, thank you, God, that we have one another. And the church said, God knew parenting would be tough. Okay, storge, it kicks in. Here's a, next, a second love. Phileo, phileo. We city of philadelphia what does philadelphia come brotherly love that's the love that god wants to kick in here it's those interests that we share it's that brotherly love that's established phileo love happens when you and i draw close it's called our small groups we draw close in relationship it's a men's accountability or women's book club it's a it's a it's a women's group or whatever you're doing together you you just you, you draw you draw strength you draw leadership you you phileo one another and then there's the eros that's that sexual romantic love that's very healthy in marriage and and god's created it and and for that passion and it's great and we need it but then but then but then it comes down to the final and probably the most critical the agape that we all know about it's the love of the god it's the love of the father it's his love for us it's distinct from the other three it is a conscious choice i choose to love this person by an act of my will i choose to love them 
with the love of Christ. It is a remarkable love. It's an overwhelming love. And here's what it does. Agape love goes. I don't seek the natural, but I seek the supernatural. I seek to love others with the love of God. So I pray this morning, God, come and fill me. Fill the people here. Fill this place with agape love. May it overflow. May it flow into the streets, into our homes, into our communities, into our relationships, until we gather again. We choose to do that. This morning, I got up and I put on my clothes, and you're glad. I'm glad. And they cover me that I might make a good presentation when I come up. I mean, you know, like, man, after a pastor, he's naked, you know, I was like, man, what is, or, you know, he didn't put his clothes on. Like, man, he, he put on clothes. But I want to submit to you this morning a higher one. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Clothe yourself with the compassion and the humility and the love of the Savior. It's something that I do daily when I get up. I go, Lord Jesus, clothe me in your compassion today. In your humility. I, I need that. The world needs to see Christ. They don't need to see me. They need to see Jesus. So this morning, as we have gotten into this, I pray that as you and I read gospel, that we will see this capacity to love is from him. It's not something that we manufacture in ourselves. But God does it. He gives it. He's the author of it. He's the perfecter of it. And he gives freely his love. So God, this morning, give us greater love. Bow your heads with me. Lord, we are grateful for this morning to gather in this room and to love you. And we draw close today, Lord. We, we pray that we would put on Jesus and we would have a greater capacity to love because of what you are doing in our hearts. Lord, I pray that this truth today would ring and reverberate from our lives from this hour forth. And God, I am so excited about this next song as we stay in the spirit of old school. I could sing of your love forever. May we sing the praises of our King. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, let me invite you to stand up to your feet. And a lot of you know this song, I could sing of your love forever. If you're not, you can catch on really quick. This will be our closing song and benediction this morning. God, fill us with agape love.